Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. I'm your host, Mary Kay. You will have to forgive us this morning for the audio quality of this podcast. We're experiencing some technical difficulties in the studio this morning. Uh, So please forgive us, but make sure you listen because we've got a really good show coming up. Now, I'm joined in the studio by two of my favorite sports writers. Good morning, Danielle Slimnikonovsky. Hello. Good morning, Mary. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. And bearing the rain. I know it's absolutely awful outside. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, we're glad to have you here. And Erin Riley, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you. Always good to be here. And bearing with me through our multiple technical difficulties in the studio I'm this just morning. I'm sorry my nerd skills couldn't fix the problem, but it is nice to be inside and in a nice little cosy recording studio uh, rather than out in the West. And before anyone asks whether I tried turning the computer on and off again, the answer is yes, I did. Several times. Several times. So that definitely wasn't the problem. Now, I've got the Daily Telegraph open in front of us, and all that's in the paper this morning is about the allegations surrounding the NRL and the match-fixing scandal, which has, you know, come out this week. At the moment, it all seems to be allegations, um, and I don't want to get too much into it this morning until more details are released. Erin, what I found more interesting, though, were the comments on our respective booty shows on Thursday night. Uh, Every time, it's like two steps forward, one giant step back. Every time I think things are getting a little bit better... Nope. So where do we start? Do you want to start with the NRL footy show or should we start with the AFL footy show? I think we should start with the NRL because while the AFL is horrible, I think the NRL takes the cake for uh, horrible things in sport this week. Okay, so it's actually funny because there was furor on Thursday morning and actually Wednesday night following the State of Origin following Sam Thiday's comment. Now, did you see that one, Erin? I did. To be honest, I giggled a little bit. I didn't <laughs> think it was that bad. So I honk laughed. So for anyone who missed what was said, Brad Fittler was interviewing Sam Thiday after the game. Brad Fittler asked Sam about the Maroons' victory, and he said it was a little bit like losing your virginity. It wasn't very nice, but we got the job done. I sort of made this noise. <laughs> like, I really didn't see the big deal. I wasn't outraged. I wasn't upset. I just sort of moved on. And um, to be honest, it was kind of nice to see someone with a bit of character talking. Like, so often those post-match presses can be so dull and Mm. just the same things regurgitated. I didn't think there was... I mean, granted, if you had your kids listening, but it was late and... And it wasn't even... Like, if you had your kids listening, I don't... Yeah, like... like, There's no bad messaging in there. It was just... It probably... It's like those jokes in uh, Toy Story that are very, very adult, but just go (laughs) straight over the heads of the little ones. No, absolutely. My my sort of question about it, though, was, and this is coming from a viewpoint that it didn't bother me at all, do you think he would have made the same comment if it had been anyone but an ex-footballer interviewing him? That's a really interesting question. I think probably not um I think there is that familiarity Mm. and so sometimes um it takes you off edge you when you're a little bit more comfortable with the person you're speaking to but then again I think perhaps my response would have been different if it had been you know 
particularly to a female reporter, mm. may have been, and I mean, that might be something I need to be a little bit introspective about. Yeah. But. So that was sort of the only question that I had, but then on Thursday night on the footy show, this was, this was bizarre. I couldn't even believe that this happened. So Bo Ryan, one of my favourite rugby league personalities, there was a big eye roll there just in case it didn't come through. Uh, so he does his regular bonose segment, and this week he decided to go to, was it Cabramatta? Is that where it was, read, Danny? I read that it was Wentworthville. Okay, so he went to Wentworthville and found an Asian lady that was sitting outside a pet shop taking a picture on her iPad of three puppies in a window and said, are you picking one for dinner, are you? And then the NRL footy show decided that it would be great to grab that garb and then put it up as a tweet on Twitter and proceeded to leave it there for almost an hour. Well, I think it was broadcast in the show Yeah, first, it was. And then it was tweeted. The thing that just blows my mind is the number of people who had to sign off on that and that not one alarm bell went off. Like, Bo himself, his producer, the director of the show, the social media person, that's four people at, at least, least. Yeah. probably more, who saw that and went, yeah, it's okay, which to me kind of speaks to why we need diversity. You know, we talk a lot about why we need diversity in uh, in television and on in all different roles. This is one of the reasons why, because alarm bells should have gone off. And that's what I was saying before. Like, I get the mistakes happen on air. Everyone's human. People make mistakes. But this was a pre-recorded segment. Many people saw this. Did no one think... Hmm. This might not be the best thing to put up. Did no one think that? I think it just perpetuates stereotypes, and that's fundamentally one of the issues with racism um, and contemporary, you know, Australia. Uh, so it was really disappointing. It makes you cringe. It's unnecessary. It's inappropriate. And yeah, I think there should have been a few people in the chain who said, actually, you know what, we'll hold this one back. Cutting room floor. Agree. Not funny. And a big shout out to one of the purple eggs on Twitter that accused me of being a feminist. And that was the reason why I was upset over the comment. And I just wanted to let him know that there's a difference between sexism and racism, and that yep. the comment was actually racist, racist. not sexist. Uh, but, you know. Earlier in the week, there was a pretty horrible meme that was doing the rounds on... Um, it came from AFL memes, which is an unofficial AFL, so, but like not associated yeah. with the um, league at all, an account on Facebook, and it had a picture of... The gorilla that died earlier this week. I saw this. And had RIP Adam Goods, <gasps> which is just horrible. And there was also a rugby league version that had RIP Sam Thide. Um And it's just that's, that's so horrible. And the fact that this continues in our games, in our respective games, and is perpetuated by... People, you know, programs like the Footy Show that don't see it as being wrong and think a little bit of, haha, it's just political incorrectness. It's not. There's no. Don't take offence to it. Yeah, like I'm sorry, but I would not have wanted to be a young Asian kid at school the next day. It would have been horrible. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And then we get to the AFL Footy Show with our friend Sam Newman. Aaron, do you want to tell us what happened there? Yeah, he uh, earlier in the week, and I actually think the bigger problem is what originally happened, yeah. which is that 
uh, there was an exhibition game on, a women's game on before the Adelaide game, and a bunch of the Adelaide players decided it was going to be okay for them to go onto the field and start warming up while the women's game was still going. Um, and basically Sam Newman uh, got on just for something new and different, was uh, being pretty sexist uh, on the footy show, not only defended the actions of the uh, of the Adelaide players, but was very dismissive of both women's footy and women's sport in general, calling them, I believe, mermaids and nymphs. Um, just really belittling the female athletes and then supporting the right, and I say that in inverted commas, um, of the of the men's players to take the ground during the women's game. I don't even really know what to say. I'm not surprised. Um, but I think it goes very much to your point earlier where, you know, we need diversity, all yeah. sorts of diversity. It's just not about men and women. It's about all sorts of diversity. And the sooner that that happens our shows will be more reflective of our actual society and hopefully we don't have to have dis- discussions about this sort of stuff anymore. And people, I think, often don't realise the value of diversity for exactly this purpose, which is making sure uh, these sorts of programs are actually reflective of the society we live in mm. rather than this white male bubble. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the rugby league that's happened so far this week. Been a big week in rugby league this week. Let's start off with the State of Origin on Wednesday night. Very disappointingly, Queensland defeated the Blues six points to four. Erin, I want to hear your analysis of the game. Uh... (laughs) I did admit this off mic, but uh, I went to bed at halftime. <laughs> Look, to be fair, you missed, you know, you, you watched the match winning try. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that was it. Um, <laughs> my partner stayed up and watched it and I went, and, you know, went to bed early and read a book. <laughs> no, that's all right. Now, Danny, you were watching at home. First of all, let's just all bask in the glory that is Yvonne Sampson. How did she go? Because I was actually at the game, so didn't get to watch her oh, she anchoring. Was she was brilliant, as expected. Um she was engaging, she was knowledgeable, um, seemed really confident, um, and it was just really great to watch. It was really great to see her there right in the middle in that power jacket. She looked fantastic, she sounded fantastic, um, and it was, yeah, just really great to watch. Oh, well, that's good. And I hear that Channel 9 didn't actually broadcast any of the light show that happened before the game, so you missed all that. It seems I did, yes, no, it, it wasn't broadcast. Um, they had a pre-match build-up with a, a number of um, interviews in the sheds and, and that kind of thing. But certainly we missed out on what, you know, I've understood to be a spectacular light show. No, it was amazing. So I was actually there and there were fireworks and there was this giant screen on the field with images of, you know, both the Blues and the Maroons. Interestingly enough, that was actually meant to be on a giant rugby league ball, but because of the rain, they couldn't go ahead with that. But onto the actual game, I think my comment about it is that it was actually just an arm wrestle. There was no big state of origin moment. There was no exciting moment. Uh, the most exciting thing was probably Sam Thaday's comment after the game. I would agree. Um, it wasn't a particularly memorable game. Mm. Nothing really stood out. Special mention to, you know, one special player, Adam Reynolds. 
<laughs> Full disclosure, massive Souths fan. Um, I think, you know, we'll see a lot of improvement from him, but his kicking game was pretty strong. Um, and, uh, yeah, I def- I'm really looking forward to seeing what him and Jimmy Maloney will produce in the second game. I thought James Maloney was outstanding and sort of my best on field for the night were James Maloney. I thought David Clemmer and Aaron Woods did quite well. I was really happy with Josh Mansour. And a player that's gotten a lot of criticism in the follow-up after the game has been Matt Moylan, but mm. I actually thought he was okay. He did make some errors, but um, I saw him sniffing around in attack, particularly in that second half. The interesting thing, I think, with Matt Moylan, though, is will he get another opportunity because, you know, Teddy Tedesco is playing for the Tigers this week and he was in fantastic form before he got injured, so he may just be rushed in for game two. Yeah, look, I'd agree with you. I think... Um, I think a lot of the flack um, that Moylan has copped has been a bit unfair. Mm. I think early on, yes, he did make a few mistakes. I think towards the end of the game, um, he really put in a, a bit of an effort. Um, and I actually think it's worth mentioning uh, Boyd Cordner. I thought he did a really uh, good yeah, job as well. Yeah. Um, you know, in a game where, you know, I expected people like JT, Cam, GI to really stand out. I, I didn't see that. Mm. Um, but I did see um, Boyd kind of really giving it a go. Um, though, you know, look, I think game two, there needs to be a bit of focus on attack. It was really hard to watch them constantly running sideways along mm. the um, defence, the um, Maroons' defence. So I think, you know, a bit of go forward in the second game would be um, would be great. And then Dylan Walker's another interesting oh. question. So Dylan Walker, there was questions about why he'd been selected in the first place as a utility I don't particularly think he is a utility, and if he is, there's a lot better utilities in the game. Um, He came on for 10 minutes and unfortunately made a really crucial error. I'm not sure where he's going to fall in Game 2 and whether he'll be picked again. He may not be. Um, I think he played really well uh, for Souths, and at Manly he's kind of maybe languished a little bit. I think they were expecting him to really rise um, to the occasion of Origin, I don't think he did that, and I was really disappointed with that. I don't even know how to describe Trying it. Trying to play the Shonky. ball on Cameron Smith's foot. Yeah, it was just it was it was Lazy. embarrassing. Oh, it was yeah, it was cringeworthy, really. Um, and especially when you can, you know, replay it in slow mo. Mm. <laughs> um, it, it just looked really, really bad. And so, look, I think he's young. You know, he'll learn from that. Um, and you know, we'll just have to wait and see if he's picked for game two. And we'll also have to wait and see which referees are picked for game two because following the game, Laurie Daly thought it would be appropriate to come out and suggest that referees Gerard Sutton and Ben Cummins should be dropped well, look, I have for game st- two. I have a stat that I read this morning. Um, we love stats. Here. Yes. Go on. Okay. Well, you know, it's I don't know how good a stat it is, but <laughs> Champion Data um, have released a report saying that New South Wales have not won a penalty count in the past five Origin games, which have all been officiated by these two umpires, Jared Sutton and Ben Cummins. Look, I don't think in um, any arena, including the law, obviously you and I are lawyers, do you really get to choose who your you know judge is? Um, I think, the, look, you know, there's obviously this statistic and uh, Laurie's alluded to that, you know, where he said, okay, well, the basis for this is, you know, this game and other games. Um, but I just don't think it's appropriate. And, you know, I think blame could have been placed elsewhere, perhaps on himself and his team rather than the referees. Where I just really didn't think that the game was lost on those decisions. And I always find it really interesting when teams talk about losing the penalty count, like they have a right 
to win the penalty count. Like if or like they have a right to the penalty count to be neutral. Yeah. Whereas sometimes you play you you deserve to be penalised. Yeah. Like I mean. Well, perhaps that's the message: don't give away as many penalties, yeah. or yeah. play cleaner, or whatever it might be. And there's, yeah, as I said, no right to win that penalty count. So I found those comments really interesting. So it'll be hard, I think, for the Blues to go up to Suncorp next. I don't think it's an unwinnable game, but it will be very, very hard. I think it'd be extremely difficult. Um, I haven't been to Suncorp, but I read so and heard so much about the electricity and the atmosphere that's up there. And I just... Um, you know, with this very strong Queensland team, I think it'll be I think it'll be a real challenge. But you know, it's a challenge that they need to face in order to progress going forward because we've got new you know a lot of new young blood in there, and they need to face those big Origin games. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And then last night we had the Raiders play Manly. Um, it was kind of a funny game. The Raiders looked to be on top for most of it, and then Manly really came back towards the end, even though they'd been absolutely hampered by injuries. So during the game, they lost Brent, they lost Brenton Lawrence, they lost Daly Cherry Evans, they lost Jamie Lyon. I think at one point they were down to 13 men. That's right. Um, I thought it was a really interesting game. I thought the Raiders, um, after about the 55th minute just took their foot off the gas a little bit. I think they and went to the sheds. I think so. I think they were kind of like, okay, we're in a good position, you know, and, and Manly, to their credit, came back. I thought Whiten played incredibly well. I was disappointed that Trebojevic didn't get that um, try because mm-hmm. that just would have been outstanding and I don't think Canberra would have been in any danger of losing the game at that point with mm. only, I think, five minutes to go. Um, but, you know, amazing effort to run to track him down, run him down and, and save that try. I thought Whiten was a real standout, and he's been a player that's copped a lot of criticism because he's currently leading the league in amount of errors made. So yes. I think it was before last night's game, maybe 24. It was significantly higher than any other player. But um, I thought he had a great game last night. And the other player that I wanted to shout out to for the Raiders was BJ Leilua. Mm. So he set up two tries. He also saved a try and was just outstanding. So congratulations to the Raiders and congratulations to all the Raiders fans and any Manly fans that went out to that game because it was down in Canberra last night and would have been absolutely freezing. Looking forward to the rest of the um, NRL action this week. Danny, which game are you most looking forward to this weekend? I think the Sharks and the Bulldogs. I think it'll be a really good yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great, great, great game. Um, I think it's going to, with all this rain, be a bit of a scrappy game, which I would love to see mm-hmm. um, out at ANZ. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. That'll be good. And I'd just like to remind listeners of the podcast that at the beginning of the year, I did tip the Sharks to win the Premiership. I don't look as foolish anymore. Everyone <laughs> no. laughed at me, like chortled. No one's chortling now. Like it's actually a reasonable tip. <laughs> I'm also really looking forward to the Eels getting the two points this weekend. We've got the bye. <laughs> well done, Parramatta. Hooray for that. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then, Erin, I'm going to come back and talk AFL with you. Wonderful. Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility. With high-quality sound equipment and production services, Radio Hub is a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. So, if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at au. Erin, it was a big weekend in the AFL last weekend as we celebrated Indigenous Round. I wanted to hear your reaction on the way the club celebrated. 
Look, I thought it was really lovely. Um, I thought my favourite thing about it was the fact it was named after Sir Doug Nichols for the first time um, and that earlier during the week excuse me, the Carlton Football Club um, apologised for the way they had treated Sir Doug um, to his family, to his daughter. And uh, so basically he'd been basically guaranteed the chance to play for Carlton if he came down to Melbourne. And uh, then once he showed up, he was not given a, a spot in the team. And it's now been acknowledged that that was because of his race. Um, and so they made a formal the, um the Carlton Football Club and their CEO made a formal apology to uh, Sir Doug's family. And I thought that was really, really wonderful. So it was just great to see the round named after him. I thought some of the Guernseys were absolutely mm -hmm. gorgeous. I loved the Frio Guernsey. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just beautiful. Um, and it was just a really good round of footy. It's a shame that it's been followed up with, by so much many racist event that, you know, moments in the, in the media and just around. So I think it shows that symbolic things such as this only do so much. Um, but I did think it was a really lovely celebration. And it was tremendous, I think, as well, to see so many Indigenous players shine during the weekend. Now, being a Giants fan, I was obviously disappointed with the result against the Crows, but how could I be disappointed after watching that Eddie Betts goal? Oh, Have mean, we seen the goal of the year? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I mean, he's phenomenal at the best of mm. times, but this was just in a league of its own. There's a great article about that goal by Greg Baum published this week. I'm actually going to share the link on my Twitter account because my reaction is actually just to read the entire article because it's a real story about the goal and it goes over several paragraphs and it's just beautifully written. So yeah. I'll share that a bit later on. But it Sounds was phenomenal. Good. Yeah, and I think also it was a good round of footy. Like the um, Friday night game being what was – I don't know if the Swans were – third or second going into the game, but it was essentially a top-of-the-table clash mm -hmm. between the Swans and the Kangaroos, uh, and the Swans did come out on top um, quite convincingly. So it was a bit of excitement um, to see, you know, what could very well be two teams that play quite deep into September this year. Um, and then this weekend we've got third versus fourth with Geelong uh, versus the Giants. So... It's been a very odd season so far. I think, um, you know, our minor premiers from last year still haven't had a win. Um, and they Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely. Very crazy. And uh, they're playing Essendon this weekend at home. So one of their better chances to break that, that streak. Um, but, you know, looking forward, the Kangaroos probably haven't had that many tests so far. So uh, they've got a couple of games coming up that I think will really um, see if they're, you know, worthy of that top of the ladder position. But, you know, our premiers from last year haven't been playing particularly consistently. Geelong looked really good early, but have had a couple of uh, pretty disappointing losses. Um, so it's a very, very odd season. I think it's really anyone's game from here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Erin, where are we on our women's licences as well? Still don't have an announcement. Mm. Uh, should be. It's impending, um, hopefully in the next week or so. So looking forward to seeing how that all shakes out. Uh, also seeing how that new relationship with netball uh, mm. and both the Collingwood Football Club and GWS uh, will also play into that. I 
like it was a very very smart move um and looking forward to seeing how the clubs integrate what could possibly be two women's teams. Well, I think the Giants are very much building their own little empire. They are. They out, really at, uh, are. out at Homebush. For me, it's an absolute joy to see the very fact that next year not only will I have a men's team, it's looking very likely that I'll have a women's team to support as well, and maybe even a netball team. How am I going to sleep next year? You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay, I might as well come to terms with it early. Yep. <laughs> It's like the Olympics. I just assume I'm going to be up 24 hours a day for two weeks. Pretty much. Pretty much. Erin, um, the Giants are in action again this afternoon. Can they beat Geelong? What do you think? It's a tough ground to go down and play at. It's a really tough ground. Uh, I will admit I have tipped them. Okay. It was my brave tip of the week. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, actually, I also tipped Essendon against Freo. Okay, that is a brave one too. Yeah, I wanted to be a little bit a little bit brave this Why week. Why not? Um, I don't like playing it safe all the time. Uh, yeah, Live a little. So I think it'll be a really good game. I'm looking forward to curling up on the couch inside in this rainy weather and, and spending my afternoon watching footy. See, that sounds amazing. That's what I want to be doing this afternoon, but I have an engagement party. Um, it's funny. This is not football related, but we can talk about it anyway. The outfit that I am wearing tonight is a very summery outfit. Like, it's oh. not... It's, oh, it's just going to be a disaster. But look, that's okay. I will cheer the Giants on via my phone and I will be watching all the rugby league as well. That's all you need. <laughs> Thanks, Erin. Ahead of the GWS Giants clash with Geelong this afternoon, we are so lucky to be joined by GWS co-captain Phil Davis. Good morning, Phil. Hi, girls. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you going? Yeah, very good, thank you. No, that's good. Now, Phil, you've been watching the boys on the sidelines over the last three weeks due to a hamstring injury. How excited are you to be getting back on the field? Yeah, very excited. Um, you know, we've, we've now went two out of the last three, which is... And Phil, how is Stevie J getting ready for this game? Is he looking forward to getting back to his old stomping ground? Yeah, I think he's pretty excited. Um, one thing about Stevie J is that he, he loves pressure, he loves, he loves uh, all the limelight, all that kind of stuff. So this stuff sort of suits him because you know, he's going back to his old stomping ground and he's played a lot of good footy here. And you know, On top of you know, personally how excited he is, he's now part of a lot of information for us. Again, we played them in round two, but he's been able to build on that information and hopefully that puts us in good stead to win today. And Phil, it's been a great start to the season for the Giants this year. You guys are currently sitting on seven wins and three losses. Do you have a favourite on-field moment so far this year? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good question. I must admit, um, winning in general is usually a pretty good moment. It's much better than <laughs> um, uh, In terms of my favourite moment, um, Oh, the Geelong win around two was pretty good. I really enjoyed that one. Um, the Fremantle win, the Fremantle, um, was also a good one just because we hadn't won in Perth before and we had a lot of trouble over there in previous years. So um, those two probably were my favourite two. And I also wanted to ask, you've been one of the Giants, well, you are the Giants inaugural co-captain. I want to know how special it's been to be part of the team since inception and sort of grow up with your teammates over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's definitely something that um, 
know, I'm very proud, but I'm sure you know, once the crew finishes back, once the finishes back, I can look back on and be even more proud. Um, it's been a pretty amazing journey, um, you know, from a group of probably 18 year olds who were really struggling to win most weeks in our first couple of years to, to where we are now, where we've got a really mature group who are still building and building, getting more experience and they're having more success. It's been a pretty extraordinary uh, journey so far and hopefully we, uh, we're just at the very start of hopefully what is a, a very fun period of time for the Giants. Phil, um, the Giants have bid for a women's team and it was recently announced that they're uh, going to be affiliated with one of the new netball teams. What do you think the introduction of possibly two women's teams to the Giants family is uh, going to be like? I think it's certainly, I think in particular the, the women's league is a um, super exciting concept that the AFL brought in and, and for us as the Giants, um, you know, we've been, we've put in our, uh, our request and it'll be great if we can get a team because, um, you know, to have a, a female team in, in New South Wales and in the ACT, um, would be great, great for women to put in this area where we've got such a large uh, population and such a large female, um, playing Phil, I have to admit, I'm a relatively new GWS Giants fan, so I became a member for the first time this year and wrote a story at the beginning of the year about picking a favourite player. And I wrote to Twitter asking who their favourite Giant was, and you wrote back to me and said that your favourite was Stephen Coniglio. Can you tell me why that is? <laughs> well, I thought it did most what I said myself. No, that's awesome. Heath Shaw is another big favourite of mine and I've developed a real soft spot for Jacob Hopper. I've just loved watching him make his debut and how excited he was for that. Oh, well, he's using some good players there, so you won't have any problems having them playing well every week, so that's good. Yeah, no, that's really good. And Phil, I also wanted to ask, you suffered a, a pretty serious injury in 2014, which has sort of led you to become involved with Kidney Health Australia. Can you tell us about your involvement with that? Yeah, I just came upon um, Kidney Health earlier this year. Fortunate enough, they wanted me to become an ambassador. So I've just been doing some work there, just trying to raise awareness about kidney health, whether it be uh, uh, from disease or from incidents, just being making people aware of the, the risks associated with kidney health because you know it's a really silent killer in Australia and they get a lot of attention. So um, you know, it's something that I'm now do um, you know this year. And hopefully for me in the future, and hopefully can really um, help an issue that probably doesn't get enough of attention in the showing culture. And Phil, just personally, who are your football heroes? Who are the players that you really look up to? Um, yeah, I think uh, early on my career, I was, I was pretty fortunate. I, uh, my mentor was Ben Rutten growing up, uh, like in the first years, and he was a, an enormous help in my career. Um, he was fantastic. He also had Mason Brock, who I played with. Um, so between those two, I was pretty fortunate. I had some great people that played some great football to look up on. And, you know, then I met some Giants. And, um, you know, I had Luke Powell floating around, and he's been a, 
a terrific person to, to look up to and follow and try to try to learn a lot of stuff. So I've had a lot of good people around in my time, so it's been a um, it's been pretty good. When I was a child, I was a massive um, Byron Pickett and Wayne Carey fan, so <laughs> um, and Chad Corns. I was going to Chad Corns. So I was fortunate enough to be able to play Chad. So um, um, I've been able to, I've been able to have some good people around, which has been nice. Nice. And just coming back to the game you've got today against Geelong, what do you think the Giants need to do to come away with the win there? Yeah, you know, it's always hard when you're down here to win the game, but um, I think you know, every game generally uh, pretty much won or lost in the midfield battle. And, you know, I think uh, we lost contested ball last week and, and then they lost contested ball last week when both sides lost. So um, I think that area of um, the game... Um, the midfield battle, especially in a contested ball, will have a major, will be a major factor in the result. Well, good luck, Phil. We're so happy to have you back on the field this afternoon, and thank you so much for making the time to chat with us this morning. All good. Thank you very much. Mark. Thanks, Phil. Time for my favourite segment, Mary's Mix-Up. Now, first mention to the gymnastics championships that are currently underway. We have our athletes competing for three spots at the Rio Olympics in artistic, rhythmic gymnastics and men's trampolining. And the favourites at the moment are Lauren Mitchell in the artistic and Blake Gaudry in the men's trampolining. So all the best to our athletes as they continue to fight for those coveted three spots. Congratulations. I actually probably should have started with this one and a big hip hip hooray for the Australian women's rugby sevens team who were crowned World Series champions in France over the weekend. Uh, what an amazing moment for sport in Australia, not just women's sport. And it was outstanding to see the girls uh, so successful over there in France. I also wanted to shout out to my friends at the Rugby League Players Association this week and the work they're doing. Uh, the organisation's really worked to reinvent itself this year under the leadership of Ian Prendergast, Clint Newton and a new advisory board and the work of people like Mick Crocker, Anthony Quinn, Jenny Shear and Melissa Stone. Um, the Players Association is now, I think, better placed than ever to assist in securing the long-term health and well-being of today's players and essentially grow participation interest in the great game that is rugby league. Big shout-out to our friends at SBS Zella for this one. Now, the UN women partnered with Beijing Roller Derby this week to stage an exhibition event. This was the first ever public roller derby match in China. So UN women ran the event under the He for She campaign, which promotes gender equality as a human rights issue, not just a women's issue. And it's pretty significant because while China's no stranger to the idea of female athletes, it's more traditionally in non-confrontation sports, so like swimming and gymnastics, so certainly not high-contact sport like roller derby, so I thought that was pretty cool. And also a bit of an unusual one, but another shout-out to Jerno Martin-Gabor for asking Cam Smith whether he would be backing up following Origin in a press conference on Wednesday night. Um, Martin made no secret that he's a big super coach player um, and really, I think, asked the question that everyone wanted to hear. And that's another show done and dusted. Thanks for sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed the show despite the slightly poorer 
voice quality this week. A big thanks to Danny for coming in and joining me. Thank you for having me. No, it's, it's been, been a great. joy. We hope um, that you'll come back and join us again soon. Absolutely. Can't wait. And Erin, thank you also for coming and joining us. Thank you for having me. Since you won't be sleeping during the Olympics, we might have to get you in. Oh, I'm looking forward to I it. I can't wait for the Olympics. Oh. Yeah, it's just going to be a no sleep. Now that I, uh, I work full-time as a writer, I don't have to have this pesky office job getting in the way of my Olympics watching, so very excited for that. We'll have that blanket set up, curled up, Absolutely. ready to go. I'll be seven months pregnant at the time, but, you know, Bub's got to get used to some sport. Yeah, absolutely, because this Bub's, I think, going to really, really love its sport. Well, yeah, we're already uh, planning which cricket match can be its first. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, a big thanks to everyone for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the show and you're staying dry this morning. Make sure you listen and subscribe and leave us a review. We've had some great reviews this week, so thank you very much. And be sure to share us with all your friends that love sport. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies to Girls.